How many of you are acting like God is telling the truth? How many are acting like that this world is temporal and heaven is eternal? How many people are, 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 are uh, acting like that they're a pilgrim here? That's all I want to talk about this morning. In Luke chapter 19, um, we, we see a story. And in Matthew chapter 19, uh, uh, let's go down and look. And, and of course, to set the context, um, the, 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 uh, this, the look up in verse 9. The, for this day, the salvation has come to his house, for as much, also, much as he also is the son of Abraham, for the son of man has come to seek to save that which is lost. Jesus has been teaching about uh, a mystery. No, no, there's a lot of mysteries in the Bible that we can't know. And, we can't, and that drives us crazy. You know why people don't often get saved? It's because they can't understand it. And it's really not that complicated. Uh, God has given us information on a need-to-know basis, but in a lot of cases, He expels or exposes a mystery. Uh, and, 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 you know, many, several times in Jesus' ministry, they wanted to make Him king. They thought, hey, the Messiah has come. We believe it. He's here. We've been waiting on this. And, 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 and they didn't understand the whole mystery of how he was going to reconcile man into himself through the sacrificial death, that he was going to go away. And so these two, these two incidents, these two stories, I believe, are related. They're very different stories. So I don't think, you know, a lot of people might say, well, that's just a different variation of Matthew and Luke told these stories different. It's really the same story. One said ten, one said three, one said pounds, one said talents. Uh, but I believe they're two individual stories, but I believe they have a very close connection. So you look here, it said a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom. Now, that was not an uncommon thing back in those days. If a man was given a certain territory to rule over, it was very typical uh, and traditional that he would go to Rome and they would have a ceremony and, and they would give him his official title. Uh, and then he and, and that's what it meant when he went to get his kingdom. He went to get his official declaration and official ordination, and then he was going to come back to rule. Uh, and so that certain nobleman went to a far country to receive for himself a kingdom. Now, if you haven't picked up on that yet, Jesus is talking about himself. I'm going to try to I'm going to try to give you the meat of this. Uh, so if we go somewhere else in a few minutes before we get done, you'll have that. This. Jesus is talking about himself here. And he called his ten servants. That's very important. In Matthew 25, it said he called unto him his own servants. So whose servants did this nobleman call? His. You can shout it out if you know the answer. It's okay. His servants, not somebody else's servants. He called his servants. And delivered unto them ten pounds, and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Now, I'm, I'm not a math whiz, but ten times ten is a hundred, right? So I like to think that this man gave to these ten men all that he had. That sounds like Jesus, right? I mean, ten times ten is a hundred, hundred percent. He gave everything he had. He took nothing when he went to get his kingdom. He left all of his goods. And you'll see that also in Matthew 25. He left everything he entrusted everything to these ten. And then he said, Occupy till I come. Now, we Baptists got a problem with that word occupy. We think occupy is just like, all right, you say, I'm going to go get some lunch. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm just going to occupy here until you come back. 
And you know what I do? I just hang out. Can you see me in here? I'm just hanging out. You see, a lot of us think that that's what Jesus, what, the nose one said, hey, y'all just hang out here until I get back. That's not what that word means. That word in that text means do business. Do business. He said, here is everything I have. I'm going to entrust everything I have to you guys. I'm going to go get my kingdom, and then you all do business. You do business. So he said, you do business. You occupy until I come. But his citizens hated him, not his servants. But the people hated him. Now, if, if the nobleman is the Jews, obviously these citizens are the, or, or if Jesus is a nobleman is Jesus, then, then these citizens are the Jewish people. You see, they hated him. They didn't hate him because he was a nice guy. They didn't hate him because he was a good teacher. They didn't hate him because of any of that. They hated him because he said, I'm God. When you've seen me, you've seen God. No, but no other religion has a leader who claims to be God. Muhammad never claimed to be God. Joseph Smith never claimed to be God. No one in the history of a religion ever said, I am him, except Jesus. And so the Jews, the citizens, they, they hated him. And so it said that they sent, and, it, uh, and, 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 and they sent after him, saying a message, they sent a letter to, the, to Rome, to where he was going to, to get his kingdom, said, we will not have this man to reign over us. Does that sound like that? That sounds right. So I'm, I'm going to give you this so, so you have the meaning of this parable, but then we're going to apply it to our lives. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, so he, he went out. They, they, the, the disciples were familiar with this, and I can't remember the guy's name, uh, and, and if I did, it would be a long story, so it's a good thing I don't remember. But they... Recently in, in history, this happened. A, 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 a leader was given a governorship, and the people hated him and didn't want him, and so they sent letters to Rome trying to prevent him from receiving. They said, we won't have him. We're not going to listen to him. He's evil. We don't want him to be the leader. But guess what? He, got, he became the leader anyway. Now, just a, a little side note. It says he did return. Guess what? That noble one is going to return. Yeah. And you know what? It doesn't matter if you don't want him to reign over you. See, right now you have a choice. Would, would I have him to reign over him? Listen, somebody's reigning over you today. There ain't nothing, there ain't no such thing as the freedom that we define freedom. Everyone is a slave to someone. This morning you're either a slave to, to, to Christ. Paul said, I'm a slave. You commit totally everything that we give unto Christ. If we truly are born again and get saved, would easily be described as what we see slavery to be. You're either a slave to Christ or you're a slave to Satan. You may think, I'm an independent. <laughs> you ain't no independent. Can you say ain't in Powhatan County? See, I sound local, didn't I? I didn't say Powhatan. I said Powhatan. Uh, took me years to learn Mattapanai. But uh, but listen, you serve, everyone is serving somebody. You are not free. If you're here and you're lost today, there might be things in your life that you wish you could change, that you could do differently, but you have not got victory over because you're a slave. You might be here and saved, and there's a habit, something in your life that, that you know God wants you to change, and you're fighting over it. Hey, that thing, uh, uh, we, call it, we call it addiction in modern English. The Bible calls them strongholds. You see, we all are slaves, but he returned. And then he commanded. 
That's a strong word. He commanded. He said, I want to see my servants right here, right now. So what happened? He commanded and called to him, uh, unto him to who he had given the money that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then, then came the first saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, Well, thou good, well, thou good and faithful servant, or well done, uh, thou good and faithful servant, because thou hast been faithful, and in a very little thou hast uh, have thou authority over ten cities. The second came and said, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. He said likewise to him, Be thou also over five cities. He didn't say, Well done. He didn't do as good as the first guy did, but he made an effort. He might have had a few distractions. Uh, maybe he wasn't as committed, uh, but he still made progress. And so, so the, the nobleman was happy with it. He said, I'm going to give you five cities uh, because, uh, and you notice he's given to them, uh, he, he gave the man ten that gained ten, he gave the man five cities that gained five. So there's a di direct correlation between the, uh, the accomplishments uh, and, and the reward. But then... We see down here in verse 20, and another came saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound which I have kept laid up in a napkin, for I fear thee, because thou art an austere man, thou takest up where thou laidest not down, and reapest where thou did not sow. And he saith unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant, thou knewest that I was an austere man, taking up that which I laid not down, and reaping where I did not sow. Wherefore then gavest thou my, not thou my money into the bank, that thou coming I might have required mine own with usury. Uh, and then we, we see on the story what happened there. So, so there's three things by way of application. Oh, pop quiz. Three words. As a, as a whole group, I give you like a D. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Now, see, I'm going to complicate because I told you to remember three words. I'm going to tell you to remember three points because I'm a Baptist preacher. I have three points. And they all start with the letter E because that's what Baptist preachers do, right? I've struggled more over trying to make the, the, the letters match than I have the whole message sometimes. First of all, we have been entrusted with some things. Now, let's look real quick back at Matthew 25. See, a similar story in verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling. See, he's... He, He's, he's using these stories to illustrate what's going on here. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling to a far country who called his... Who servants? His own servants and delivered to them his goods. We, we learned in the other one uh, that he gave all of his goods. He didn't carry anything there with him. He went just as he was to get his kingdom, and then to the one he gave the five, another two, another one. We see kind of the same thing happen. Uh, uh, he, and, and, and you know, even in the ten, he only tells us about three. I don't know, maybe there were three tens, a couple fives, and, and you know, the rest were, were, were ones, I don't know. But here he tells us about three. Uh, and then it said, after a long time, in verse 19, uh, the Lord uh, of those servants cometh, and I like this good old southern word that, that we don't really use right, but we like to say it. He reckoneth with them. Guess what? There's a reckoning coming. For whose servants? His servants. Now, you read on down here, sometimes I believe people uh, uh, get the wrong idea about this. He goes on down here and he said, uh, down in verse 26, verse 27, 
Um, in verse 30, he said, And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That verse is a problem for many people. Because people see that, they think that every time they see those words put together, it's hell. Well, now, if that's the case, let's back up. I thought he called his own servants. Now, if this man that traveled, if this nobleman in Luke 19, if that represents Christ, and I don't think that you can argue it to be anything else, but if he's talking about the mystery of the kingdom of God, then how do we fit this in? Uh, this means that you can get lost. This means that you lose your salvation when the reckoning comes. You see, I believe there's going to be a great distribution. I don't think now, the socialism, you ever heard that word? Right? Socialism only works in the New Testament church. You see what I mean? Because socialism is when, when people that have give to people that have not. Well, that's what the church ought to be doing. We should be a, we should be socialist, but it won't work in society, but it should be working in the church. You see, in, in the early New Testament church, those that had gave to those that had not so that everybody had something. That's socialism. So to say that I absolutely am against socialism is, is kind of against the New Testament church structure that Christ set up. However, I believe heaven is not going to be a socialist area. See, sometimes we think heaven is just going to be so great that, 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 that we're all going to be in, in, in mansions that look alike and we're all going to, going to have all this. I think there's going to be a great redistribution of wealth in heaven. Now, being poor in heaven is still way better than being a billionaire on earth, but I don't think everybody's heaven is the same. If not, then this verse means that you can lose your salvation. It's kind of a, I'm in a conundrum here, right? I believe that, that this mystery that God's on, you say, well, I just can't believe that. I can't believe that. Well, you know what? Did anybody ever been sick? How many people have been sick? Raise your hand. Let's, let's make a statistic. I'm not going to give you homework. I hate to go to Sunday school class and give me a paper to fill out. I ain't coming for homework. Just preach to me. But, but listen, I'm not. So, so you've been sick. How many people have been sick and went to the doctor? How many people ever went to a specialist or doctor that they've never met before? How many of those people have ever been given a prescription? How many people took it to a pharmacy they've never been to before with a piece of paper that they can't read about a medicine that they can't understand? Some man goes in the back, comes out with a bottle, and you know what? You throw them in your mouth. If that ain't faith, I don't know what is. And you got a problem with the mystery of God? Listen, we have been entrusted. I believe that the, that the significance of these two parables together, Matthew 25, there was three. We have been given, we have been entrusted with three things. Christ left and he entrusted us with three things. We all have time, we all have talent, and we all have certain amounts of treasure. Now, this, 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 another, this is going to blow your mind. I mean, did, did I mention about God not holding up a piece of pipe when I was plumbing my house at this church last time I preached? Somewhere I upset some people. Because I told them, I said, you know, I was plumbing my house, and, 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 and when I was building my house, people say, how are you doing? I said, I'm exhausted. I mean, I'm in my house plumbing by myself. It's 10 degrees outside, 10 o'clock at night. I'm trying to hold two ends of a 10-foot piece of pipe. They said, well, we're going to pray for you. And it made me mad. Why don't you hold the other end of this piece of pipe? That would be a help. I don't want you to pray for me. I want you to help me. 
I said, God never showed up under my house and helped me hold pot. And people got mad over me saying that. Has God ever come under your basement and held up a piece of pipe for you? Then why are you getting mad at me for saying that? <laughs> you see, we've been given time, talent, and treasure. And, and, and now, now, let's look at time. You say, well, you know, uh, I, how many people ever said, I don't have time? You ever said, I just don't have time? Have you been shortchanged in, in, in the creation? Have you been, did God only give you 20 hours in your day and he gave other people? Was God unjust and unfair in the amount of time that he gave one person or another? Nope. You know why you don't have time? You, what you really need to say is I don't have time that I have prioritized or distributed to that particular thing. In other words, I have time for what's important to me. Pop quiz, three words. All right, see, you're moving up, you get better. You see, you have time for the things that are important for you. You make time for that. Some people will make time for a, for a football game today, maybe an NFL game, I don't know. Probably one of the same people that said Christians said, I'm done with the NFL, and then next week they're talking about the game. You see, the, you know the reason that, 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 that and, and I had this conversation earlier, and this is, this is what Madison Avenue says about conservatives. They were asked, why do you spend so much money from advertising to homosexual community, to, the, to these small demographics of people? Why don't you market and try to reach, say, all the, the conservative people, the Christian people? And you know what their answer was? It's because Christians won't commit. We don't have to worry about them because they're going to buy Starbucks coffee anyway. Starbucks don't care that you're offended, that they promote homosexual lifestyles, because they know as a Christian... You're not committed against it enough, you'll still buy that $5 cup of coffee. Target doesn't care that you're upset that they let men and women go in the same bathroom and that they are pro-transgender because you won't shop at Target. You know what they said? Conservatives will buy the cheapest. We don't have to worry about them going anywhere. See, homosexuals will take a stand for their cause. They will refuse. They'll boycott they won't, but you know what? Christians won't. We'll take the best deal going. We'll take the money that God gave us and we'll buy the cheapest we can buy regardless of the moral convictions that might come along with it. We need to get committed. What, what's, our, what's our favorite phrase now? Expectations dictate behavior. I'm going to show you this in these three men. In the next 12 minutes or so, preacher, maybe. So, we've been time. Uh, what about talent? Now, I'm going to talk about spiritual gifts. Or, or, uh, it can be your vocation. It can be in the arts. It can be in your authority, abilities. Hey, you know, uh, your, 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 uh, your talent may be, uh, you may be a contractor. You may be a plumber. I finally found a Christian plumber. You know how long I have looked for a Christian plumber? In dozens of churches I have sought for a Christian plumber. I finally found one in Chesapeake. So, uh, uh, if you're trying to take up a vocation, the plumbing industry could use some Christians. I'm telling you. But uh, whatever it is, well, how can it serve? How can you serve God with it? And treasures, treasures is money. Christians don't let. You know what I have found? The best way to find out about where a Christian's heart is is to get in their wallet. You start messing with their money, you have a church full of You act like it's yours. You act like that's your money. You know what? Some people came to church here this morning driving a stolen car. 
Some people are wearing stolen clothes. Some people are wearing stolen, living in stolen houses because you know what? You robbed God to pay for it. Some people have to can't honor God with their finances because they got to honor Visa and American Express because they had to have it. You know, it's like phones that come out. You know, years ago we had flip phones, and then and then Apple come along. Boy, that boy, they, that Apple Kool Aid. I hope I don't upset people with that. Um, God help me. Um, but you buy that iPhone 2. You know what? The 2 will do the same thing the 3 was. They just got it locked so you can't have it yet. And then they come out with the iPhone 3. Got to have it. It's an iPhone 3. 4, 5, 6, 6S. iPhone 11. Now you got to wear it like a watch. <laughs> you got to have it. You can't live without this. It's $1,400 watch. Can't even see the thing. It's so little. But you got to have it. What will people say if you don't have it? And you know what happens? We end up robbing God. Now you say, well, I paid my tithe. I told you up front that, that you don't get a gold star for that. It's not your money to start with. So don't act like when you paid your tithes here this morning, don't pat yourself on the back and say, boy, you're a good boy. I'm going to take my 90 now and do what I want. You know what? That means that you're at zero. If you paid your tithes this morning, you're at zero when it comes to these parables here. Now, I don't want to turn you all off because I'm going to try to finish here fast. Our treasure. 16 of the 38 parables were concerned how to handle money. 200, in, in the Gospels, one out of 10 verses, 288 verses deal with money. Over 500 verses in the Bible deal with money. You ever hear somebody say, well, God don't care what you wear to church. Where did you, where did, how did you come up with that? <laughs> you know how many things we say about, you know how many times we put a word in God's mouth? The only place I can find in here that God talked about clothing was the priest. And he was pretty specific about that. Now, I'm not, I'm not preaching on clothes. I think, I think that even if God doesn't care what you wear, we should care what we wear, right? When we, when we want to honor God. You show up at New Kent Courthouse. Your man, you got a shirt supposed to be tucked in and ain't tucked in. Judge Merritt will send you in the hallway. She'll say, we'll tell you, if you can't come in this courthouse with some respect, you wait in the hallway and we'll tell you when it's your turn. And that shirt better be tucked in when you come back in. She demands respect in that court. Does God? We say, no, nah, he doesn't. It's funny how many times we, we put things in there. You know what? God cares about money. You know why? Because money, the love of money is the root of all evil. We've heard that. Right? Every, it would be hard, you would be hard pressed to find a sin that somehow is not money related. That somehow, you know, in, we, in, in law enforcement, say, follow the money. You know what? Follow the money. There was a lot to be said about it. Money has, money has taken people's lives. Money, uh, people are in the drug game because of the money. I mean, almost everything comes down to about money. But anyway, we'll move on. Here in Luke, he's speaking. In, in, in Luke, we see the ten pounds, and we talked about the 100%. We see in, in, in Matthew, he talked about the three things, time, talent, treasure, I believe, the three things, that the, the talents. And, and you know what, how those fit together? I believe in Luke, he's talking about our life. Because everybody had the same thing, right? I mean, he gave, he gave all ten the same thing. What do we all have in common that we have equally? A life. We all have a life. How do we know? Because you're sitting here looking at me. 
It's hard to see some of you with some masks on, but you all are here. You all have life. If nothing else, we all have equal life here this morning uh, at 1030. So, some of y'all caught that again. So you see, he, he, so that's how I think these fit together. I think in Luke, he's talking about our life, and within each of our lives, we have varying amounts of time, talent, and treasure. We have been entrusted with those things. Second of all, we have been instructed. He said, occupy, do business. Now, each, ever, each, each servant had equal opportunity to do business. We each have a life that we can use the varying amounts of time, talent, and treasure. So we're all equal. We're on the same playing field. It doesn't have, matter how much you have one or the other. Number one, none of it is really yours. Remember I was talking about the making people mad because God didn't come help me form my house? Uh, and I ain't saying God didn't give me talents and abilities. And, you know, that's what we're talking about here. But he did not physically hold that pipe up. I let, I'm, I'm not mad at him. Just so you know. But listen, we all have equal opportunity. Notice who is to do the business. The servants, not the nobleman. Look down in verse 21, we, we, we find that out. He said, Thou knewest that I was an austere man, taking up that I laid not down. See, we're waiting on God to do things, and you know what? He's waiting on us. Do you know that Jesus doesn't have any money? I know I'm just freaking you out. You pay attention now, ain't you? Jesus don't have no money. That's good Palatine English. I should have said, Jesus ain't got no money. He ain't got no talent. He ain't got no time. There's no time in heaven, right? I mean, this is time is an earthly thing. Time is temporary. You know why he don't have any? He gave it all to you. Does that make sense? He gave us all the money, all the time, all the talent. He said, I want you to, to, to build up my kingdom that I'm going to go get so when I come back, I've got a kingdom worth coming back to. You like both come on? So listen, we're waiting on God to do things that we ought to be getting done. We should be doing. He gave, remember, He gave 100%. Everything that He had... He gave on the cross of Calvary and he left here with nothing. But he said, I'm coming back. And, 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 and I'm, I, I hope I got a better kingdom. He, he, he's not in Scripture. But I believe what he was trying to say here is I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I got to go away, guys. I'm going to be gone for a while. But mark my word, I'm coming back. And when I come back, there's going to be a reckoning. There's gonna, I'm going to command that you come see me and I want you to tell me what you did with my talent. Remember I said, Jesus, she's giving me, she, she's trying, she's, she's giving me the high sign. I'm going to You see, I said he doesn't have any time, talent, and treasure. Really, he does, but you're in possession of it. You have control over it. So remember that 10% you, you, you put in a while ago? That wasn't yours. Guess who that 90% belongs to? That's his too. <laughs> it's all his. Now, it's no secret I'm here asking for money this morning as a missionary. And you know what? God has told me he's going to build a church in Providence Forge. Now, 
I hope that you all partner with me in a great big way. By the way, I would be thrilled if you wrote a check and made it for the rest of that 10, Pastor. I'd be happy about that. But listen, whether you do or you don't, God's going to build a church in Providence Forge, Virginia. Now, you can be a part of that. And I'm not saying that. I don't, I don't mean that to sound uh, imposing or, or, or personal. But I'm just saying that everything belongs to Him anyway. And there's going to be a reckoning. And he come back. And remember, had the five and a half. Let's talk about this one guy right here. He said that, 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 that he took his pound. And, and, and where is it at? He, uh, he, he, he stuck it in a napkin. Verse 20. You know what that You know what a napkin? This is so cool. This is so cool. You're going to love this. Napkin. That word napkin there, you know what it means? Sweat rabbit. It means sweat rabbit. Isn't it ironic that this lazy servant got out something that obviously he wasn't going to need because he ain't sweating? Huh? That's a, I said, you know what? I've been saved 35 years. That made it worth it all. <laughs> he, he, he wasn't using it for anything else. They put the money in it. You know what? He put it back there in that, in that pocket where he usually keep the money. Why did he do that? Why did he do that? Why did he, why did he, he do that? Well, he tells us. He, the master comes back and he says, I knew that you, that you reap where you sow not, and I knew that you were not still a hard man, that you expected results. By the way, in case you don't know it, Christ expects results. We've been occupying the wrong way too long thinking that Christ is, is just this mild manner and, and love. And listen, he was the first time. But he ain't coming back like he did. Don't, don't be expecting the Christ that you read about here to be the same one that comes back when he comes back. He's going to come back and he's demanding results. Now, with Baptists, we don't like to talk about that because we can construe that with being having a work salvation, right? We use that as an excuse to be lazy Christians sometimes. Oh, I can't be doing no work. I can't be like them Pentecostals and... And them, them other people, uh, I can't be working for my salvation, so I'm just going to sit and wait. There's going to be a reckoning. And, and so he put it in that, and he said, why did you not invest it? He said, because I knew. And, and, and what, did the master, what did the man say? He said, by your own words. By your own words. You know what? In, in, in my line of work, in my other line of work, besides this line of work, uh, I pulled somebody over driving in the left lane. Stop it, people. Just stop it. If you're the only car on the road, you're still supposed to be in the right lane. That way, when I'm trying to get out of a crossover, I ain't got 40 cars in the left lane and nothing in the right lane, and I'm still stuck. So I pulled that people. I write that a lot. They said, well, I didn't know. I said, now you do. So the next time they do it, you know what? By their own work, they, they, they know now, right? This man said, by your own words, I'm going to judge you. You knew. Now, that puts you all, that puts some of y'all in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a precarious situation this morning. Marty didn't even know I knew that word. Precarious situation. You know what? Because now you know. Now you know that Christ is coming back and he's expecting big things. He didn't come back a little thing. Remember the man got ten? He said, well done. That's a great thing. The man got five. He didn't say, well done. He said, okay, good enough. But this man, he said, by your own words, you knew. 
Not knowing is no excuse for not doing the king's business. And that time, talent, and treasure. So, so, so there was there's going to be an inspection. I, I said entrusted, inspected. And then the third thing is our inspection. Entrust. What did I say? Yeah. Inspect. Matthew 25, a long time come back. He reckoneth, and in Matthew, he reckoneth, that means accounts are settled. You know what? It won't be an excuse. Jesus can only accomplish a prophet here. Remember, he doesn't have any time, he doesn't have any power, he doesn't have any treasure. He is off getting his kingdom. And he has left us here with everything that we have came from him and it belongs to him. You know our problem, Christians, sometimes our, our, our earth is too big and our heaven is too little. We were in a hotel somewhere a few weeks ago, visiting uh, the church, and, and it was noisy. People, we just had fortune, good fortune of a bunch of young people. And they ran up down the hallway. I called the front desk about eight times. I didn't, I wasn't mean. I spoke good Christianese. And, uh, you know, I was, I, was, I was in the Holy Spirit. And, uh, but you know what got me through the night when I finally, you know, at 3 a.m.? I'm leaving here in a few hours. And I'm not coming back. Now, I mean, I'll probably stay. We stay at Hampton Inn all the time. We, Eddie and Carol got stuck on Hampton Inn, so we look for it. But, but, but that room, under those circumstances, with all of that chaos and noise and, and dysfunction and, and stress, you know what? I knew I was leaving. It was going to be over in a few hours. Because you know what? I don't live there. I was just temporary there. You know what our problem is? We think we live there as Christians. We think we live here. We see, we see heaven as the hotel. We see heaven as the vacation. We think this is home. It's the other way around. How many? When I go to a hotel, I don't unpack and hang everything up in the closet, put everything in the drawers. I live out of the suitcase. You know what we need to do as Christians? Start living out of the suitcase. We need to start realizing that nothing we have is ours and nothing here is going to last. I don't care how big, beautiful, expensive it can be. It's all going to burn. And only what we do for there. You know, it'd be crazy if I went into Hampton Inn and remodeled the room to suit me, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be dumb? I, you know, I'd go in and paint it, put some new carpet down, fix it all up because I'm going to be there three days. It'd be dumb. You know what? I go home, I do that. We build a new house. I'm, 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 I'm making it nice. Now, I realize that's temporary, but, but here on earth, that's my home. That's where I live. Well, guess what? There's a bigger picture. We're only pilgrims here. We're just here for a while. We're leaving here. It doesn't matter how bad this world gets. We're leaving here because we have a promise. The same Jesus on the boat that told the disciples, we go on to the other side, we're still going to the other side. So let me finish up here. Jesus can only, can only profit if you do what he said. Remember, he doesn't sow, but he's going to reap. Your job is to sow. Your job is to take the time, talent, and treasure and build a kingdom. Profit the kingdom. And by the way, you know what? You know why people do business? There's only two reasons that you do business. I was in business 14 years uh, uh, 15 years in automotive service business. We owned our own shops for, for three or four years. Uh, and, and you know why I did business? Two things. Number one was profit. I used to tell the guys that worked for me, my service riders in automotive business, I had service riders, managers, 
And I would tell them, in the morning when you come to work, I want you to put your happy service manager costume on and your, and your happy service manager makeup and you get in character and you go out there and you make them people feel happy about their car being broke. Because if you do your job good enough, they will hand you a credit card at 5 o'clock. I was there to make money. So that was number two, the reason you do business is to provide a service. I had a good, I had customers for 15 years. I watched their kids grow up, the new cars turn into old cars. They, they didn't even call it the name of the shop. It was Joe's. I ran a Kmart auto and Penske auto shop for years, and it wasn't Kmart, it was Joe's. I'll take my car over Joe's. I, I built a relationship through service, but at the end of the day, it was about that P&L statement. Listen, it's the same thing in the kingdom of God. Jesus is planning on coming back to a kingdom that he went to receive. Are we going to give him a better one than it was when he left? Or is he going to come back and find all of his, his time, the time, talent, and treasure wrapped up in the sweat rag that we didn't use because we wasn't doing anything? At least I came to church. At least I got saved. At least I paid my tithes. Do you think Jesus is looking for an at least Christian this morning? Is that who you want to be? And you know what happened at the end of this story? We're going to finish here. Somebody get ready to, for an invitation. But, 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 but what happened here, he said, take the, the one that he has and give it to the man that had ten. Now, I don't want to scare anybody when I say this, but I like the way the Living Bible says that verse. In, in, in the King James, he said, uh, uh, he said well, uh, uh, when, when there's those that were standing around they said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds. The living Bible says, Lord, he's got enough. <laughs> it's ten enough. But you know what? He said, every man that, 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 that hath will be given, and he that hath not. He's not talking about his personal possessions. Remember, whose possessions are they? They're his. So listen. It says, that every one of you that shall be given from him and hath not, and even him that shall be taken, that hath been taken away from him, but those of mine enemies, which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither, and slay them before me. Those are the people who rejected his kingship over them. So what do we see here? There'll be a redistribution of wealth when Christ returns. We'll all watch, and you know what? We'll all watch each other when the reckoning takes place too, because it says there were people standing by. Can you imagine? You know what? You know what he said to that servant? You know what he basically he said? You valueless, worthless Christian. Have you heard anything we'll put together in the same Think about it. You valueless Christian. Because it was his servant. These were Christians he's talking to. He's not talking about the world. He said, You valueless Christian. He called he got called that in front of everyone. Do you want to stand? Before your Lord and Savior someday. And he said, you valueless. You know what? You had a big home. You had a great career. You wore the finest clothes. And he said, you valueless Christian. Every head bowed every half of As I said, some here this morning drove a stolen car, wore stolen clothes, stolen house. And I know all those things are important. I like a nice car. I like nice clothes. I like a nice house. But listen, we've got to get our priorities straight. When it comes to serving God, you can go ahead and start playing this. When it comes to serving God, 
How many times have you said, I don't, I don't have time for choir practice. I don't have time for a mission trip. I got, you know, I got, I got a remodel in the bathroom. I don't have time to, to support a mission. I gave my 10%. Do you realize that if you tithe every dime for your whole life, if that's all you do for the Lord, you're going to be one of those that he mentions that he calls valueless. There is so much that you can be doing for his kingdom right now. But, but what you got to do, you say, but it's hard, preacher. It's hard, preacher. And I know it's hard. But listen, what we have to do is to realize that, that, that this world is temporary. Nothing here, the greatest of this earth, means nothing because you can live in a big mansion or a little shack, but both of you will go in the same size hole when death comes. There's no mansion grave. There's no shack grave. And at that moment, we're going to stand... And we're going to find out how much of a value to the kingdom we've been passing and coming. Expectations determine our behavior. What's our behavior? what the Lord Jesus Christ is going to judge. We're told that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to give account for the things that we've done in our body, whether it be good for reward or no good for reward. I think that's exactly what this message has been about. We don't know when that day of reckoning will come. And so today is the day that we ought to have a desire in our heart as what our pianist was just playing. Lord, have your own way with me. Can you honestly say that today and mean it from your heart? God, I want you to have your way with me. I want to please you that one day I may hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Let's stand to our feet right now as we sing that together. Have I no way.